0: Manowaker Studios' Flash Fiction Podcast is supported by patrons on Patreon. To find out more, or to add your support for as little as a dollar a month, visit patreon.com slash Welcome to Manowaker Studios' Flash Fiction Podcast. I'm C.B. Drogi. This week, The Powers That Beed. By Kelly A. Harmon Where is Lachesis? Atropos asked, cutting another thread from the current tapestry on the loom. The snip was clean, but she felt the thread catch on a burr and turned to hone the blades of the shears. She hated causing unnecessary pain. It was bad enough she ended the lives of everyone who walked the earth and many of those who did not and Zeus help her if she frayed a god's thread while making the cut. She would hear about her clumsiness for an eternity. Clotho looked up from her spinning wheel, guiding the reeling thread with a practiced hand. Lachesis said she had an errand to run, but I have additional threads to sever this morning, Atropos said, crossing the marble floor to look out the spacious window. Far down the mountainside, The city of Athens awakened to the first rays of sun. I hope she doesn't delay too long. Lives are in the balance. Lives are always in the balance, Clotho said, guiding a particularly dense lump of wool onto the wheel. That should prove interesting, she mumbled, watching as the wheel produced a thick fibrous strand on the other end. Atropos frowned when she saw the broad strand, but didn't comment. Instead, she said... Lachy should have planned this better. What did she say she had to do? Purchase some beads. Beads? Lachesis walked in the door. I'm back, she sang, and by Zeus do I have an idea for how to spice things up. Atropos looked down at the present tapestry, with its tangled lines of life. Some long and old, the thread thin and stringy. Some cut short. As fat and vibrant as if the life just slipped off Clotho's spinning wheel. She looked up at Clotho and had to bite her lip to keep from laughing. Clotho rolled her eyes in time to the spinning wheel and mouthed, Excitement. Atropos understood. What could be more exciting than spinning the thread of life of mortals and the gods, weaving their lives together in harmony and despair, and then snipping them off? extinguishing them as necessary. We have talked about your ideas before, Atropos said, and we decided that everything works just fine the way it is. You have talked about my ideas before, said Lachesis. I've never agreed with either of you. She turned to Clotho. You, my dear, could have so much free time on your hands if you simply mechanized. But think how bored I'd be with nothing to do. Clotho spun out a long line of gold thin and strong, Zeus's thread, and laid it on the table beside that of a plain, hard-working peasant girl, already waiting for Lachesis's hands. The rough, dun-colored string had the palest yellow highlight running through it. Were you successful in finding what you wanted at the market? I'm not certain beads are a good idea. Of course they are, Lachesis said, moving across the room to the work table by the window, rattling the clay jar of beads as she went, Just think of what we can do with these. Lachesis spilled a hundred or so beads across the smooth wooden surface of the table. Large and small, clay, wood, glass, gemstone, steel, a myriad of choices scattered across the tabletop with a sound like hail on the marble tile of the outdoor bath. A gleaming black bead, the size and shape of a date, skittered toward Atropos, losing speed but not enough to remain on the table. It toppled over the lip of the work surface into Atropos's waiting hand. She caught the cool bead in her palm and closed four fingers around it, looking to Clotho for assistance. Clotho looked down at the spreading beads, but not before she caught the look of desperation on Atty's face. She wondered, not for the first time since Lackey said she had an errand to run, if she should have put her foot down this time. Would that have made a difference? Lacasis seldom listened but Zeus might have been convinced to see the folly of her actions. He interfered even less than Lackey listened, but he also knew the history of her ideas. Lackey's experiments had not always turned out for the best. Glotho turned to stare at a tapestry hanging on the far wall, a short project compared to the many others they'd created through the ages. She insisted it remain hanging in this room, unlike other finished projects as a reminder to what could happen when the three of them took chances with the weave. Beautiful silken threads in a rainbow of colors marked the beginning of the tapestry. Colorful, light, as delicate as a virgin's veil. The intricate pattern woven so ingeniously that individual lines blurred, impossible to see where one thread entered and another left. The pattern changed at the end of the project, while Acasus had forced a change. A thin, dark strand woven among the lighter, airy colors. Yes, Clotho agreed, it had created striking contrast. But less so than the hacked off ends, where Atty, unable to keep up with the demands of the pattern, her scissors unable to cut through the lot of them cleanly, took to the tapestry with a hand axe, severing the threads in clumps. Pompeii, she thought. Beautiful Pompeii. What a waste. It amazed her that the gods insisted Lackey possessed the best temperament for weaving. Surely someone more stable, like herself for instance, would be a better choice. She preferred to believe that their reluctance to remove Lackey stemmed more from tradition than from their actual belief in her skill. And the gods stick to tradition, like Zeus, to nymphs. For without it, where would they be? The room was silent until Lackey clicked together three green beads in the palm of one well-manicured hand, waiting. Clotho felt herself flush with the embarrassment of being caught wool-gathering. She cleared her throat, loath to ask the question. "'What's your idea?' she asked. Lachesis bent to the work table and plucked the dun-colored thread of the peasant girl, dangling from the edge of the table and Zeus's vibrant gold one beside it. "'No!' Atropos yelled, just as Lachesis slipped them through the bead and made a knot. Macrame, she said. This has been The Powers That Bead, written by Kelly A. Harmon, and originally appearing in Gunpowder Review. For more information about Manowaker Studios' other projects, including books and games, visit Manawaker.com which is also where you should go to learn more about the authors featured on this podcast or to get details about submitting a story. The Flash Fiction Podcast theme song is by Kevin McLeod. Manowaker Studios' director of DICE is Ben Baston. I'm C.B. Drogi. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at C-B-D-R-O-E-G-E. Thanks for listening. On the next installment of Manowaker Studios' Flash Fiction podcast, you called me sir for the first time since your return, all of which reassures me that the next robot uprising will not occur any time soon. If you say so, sir.